That's why, mm. that's why, like, I, I listen to a podcast and they just start with, like, having a conversation. Like, they, like, like, they would record and, like, they'd pick a part of the conversation that they like and they would cut it and they'd go from there. And that's, and that's how my podcast starts, too, is Marlene and I just yeah. talk. And then we, like... That is true. And I could use this conversation right now. You absolutely as, could if you wanted to. Hello, listeners. If you might notice that um, there's two voices going on right now. One of them you've <laughs> never heard. It's not mine. I'm Kay. Maybe the they have heard it. Maybe they also listen to my podcast. And who are you? I'm Mackenzie. Hello. Hi. What? What's your podcast? Uh, it's called Tea Tarot and Titties. <gasps> Tarot. Tarot. <laughs> Um, yes, I'm here with a fellow podcaster, because (laughs) we only let fellow podcasters and Dave on our podcast. No one else has expertise. They wouldn't know. Um, Expertise. (laughs) Um, and Craig isn't here, not because he is, you know, indisposed or anything. He just kind of didn't want to be here. Like, we're going to be talking about Chess the Musical, and it's not that he didn't want to get into a new musical that he might not like and probably wouldn't like. Um, (laughs) Actually, I don't know. He might. He said he's going to listen to this, so he'll probably be offended by whatever I say. (laughs) Anyway, I just, you know, he's got a lot going on right now. I have a lot going on right now. This is something I've wanted to tackle for a while. Um, And my friend Mackenzie here also wanted to talk about it with me, so... Yeah, I think you said, does someone want to let me talk at them about it for a while? And I was like, do you want to talk with, with someone and that's And that's why we're here today, because everyone mm-hmm. else was just like, oh, yeah, I'll let you talk to me about it. She's like, you know, I'd like an equal here. I don't know that I'm your equal in this subject. But it's, you know, if we're talking about like I, a seesaw, like, you're you're lifted off the ground a yeah, little bit. Yeah, it's not, um, like, if we were talking, like, Comet, we'd be equals, I think. Yes. But uh, for this, I think you probably have, like... A wee bit more knowledge. A wee bit. A wee bit. Um, it's like, so, yeah. It's like the Muppets. Or <laughs> you can just... I was listening to the first episode the other day, like, oh, back uh, again. She just did a callback to the <laughs> No, because <the> pilot. <laughs> Craig was like, I'm going to give you some history. And you're like, I know that. I know that. I know that. I also know that. <laughs> well, he was more giving it to the besties. The listeners, yeah. The, the besties. besties. And we got a lot of it wrong anyway, and I had to, like, on it. It, like, on our Twitter, I was just like, we got this name wrong, we got this fact <laughs> wrong, and it's just like, you know, that's, that's life. That's why I try to do more opinion-based stuff now, or proofread <laughs> Craig's history. That's why, I, that's why I have notes. <laughs> no, we both have, like, no. Craig always has notes. Sometimes I fear that his sources, he trusts them too much. I don't trust no source, except Wikipedia, of course, because Wikipedia doesn't lie. Um... <laughs> As a future lawyer, I don't trust any source, ever. <laughs> Primary sources? Eh, sometimes. Like, character witnesses? No, not all the time. They lie. You know, this is actually a law podcast. We're going to talk <laughs> all about um, subpoena. Yeah. Pro bono. I don't know. How many more words do you I'm, know? Um, filibuster. <laughs> Interesting. All right. But, yeah. So we're going to be talking about Chess the Musical. I don't know if this is going to be a mini-sode. I feel like there's a lot to talk about when it comes to the plot. Especially because there's different plots. I also have a lot to talk about, like, the music. Yeah, I didn't write that much about the music. I didn't write a lot. I'm just hoping I can remember all of the thoughts that I've had over the past, like, week while, like, Mm. reviewing. (laughs) Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, 
let's talk a little bit about the production history of chess. So this music musical kind of came out in like the 80s. Um, the music is by Benny Anderson and Bjorn Alvaeus of uh, the musical group ABBA, if you've heard of them, or ABBA, however you choose to pronounce it. Live your life. We're on our own our own journeys. Um, but Journey is not the group we're talking about. We're talking about ABBA. Um, and the lyrics are by Tim Rice, who you might know from like a lot of Disney stuff and other stuff that he collaborated on with uh, Andrew Lloyd Webber. And actually, Tim Rice originally came to Andrew Lloyd Webber about this musical, but he wanted to do a Cuban Missile Crisis musical. But Andrew- Which apparently was too hot topic. <laughs> hot topic. Um, but it, uh, unfortunately, Andrew Lloyd Webber was busy working on another project. Do you know what project he was working on at the time? Wait, is Phantom that young? Phantom came out in, in 86. That's when it premiered. The one that I'm referring to is Cats. Oh, okay. <laughs> Which I think came out a little bit earlier. Yes? Yes. Because it was longer running than Phantom for a while it was, until yeah. it closed. That's that's how, how when I know did, that. When did Mamma Mia come out? I feel like late 90s, early 2000s. Like because slightly before the movie. Box. So... Mm. Like, it was, like, the music got popular, then the the musical, like, came out of it. Yeah. So that came out after this? That's so weird. Mamma Mia came... Yeah. Well, because it wasn't, like, ABBA, like, the whole band's music. It wasn't a jukebox musical. It was two of the members of ABBA making separate music. Only one track, I think, like, samples a bass line. Because ABBA was so popular, I'm, like, surprised this didn't, like, take off more... Since Mamma Mia came out after. You know, I really don't... No, I I guess I do know why it didn't quite take off. You know, I think with the changing plots and the the kind of... um, I feel like a lot of pop slash rock operas are harder to... It it takes more for them to take off, really. I also think the politics of it kind of weigh in, like... It's it's topical. I don't want to ruin the plot, but, like, the way that it ends, I don't think is beneficial for popularity in the United States. Well, yeah, and just, like... So this is, like... This musical takes place during the Cold War, um, kind of during the Reagan era, and that's when it was released, too. Um, And so you know, you're giving it a time period in which to exist, and, like, by the time the wall came down in, what, 91? Like, kind of not as relevant anymore. Like, we don't want to think about it anymore. We don't need any more discourse on it. It's like if there were to be, like, a musical that comes around now about, like, COVID. It's just like, mm, we're good. I'm we sure don't there is to. one. <laughs> yeah, but, in like, the production. But that's why I think now it'd be interesting, because, like, okay, now it's uh, almost like a time capsule of that period mm-hmm. and we can relate it to now with different themes about whatever because there's a lot of stuff going on in here there's a lot of moving parts yeah um and it I won't think it's, be you know too soon it's also like a not complicated plot but slightly convoluted and yeah and it also it depends on which production you're talking about like i think the american production they made it more complicated than it had to be yeah but also less like they tried to make up for <laughs> other elements that were maybe confusing in the original like concept album but then they had to like back end a bunch of new resolutions that added additional complication mm-hmm. and it's just like okay it choose one yeah um 
let's see, what else do I have? Um, so our principal characters, we have Freddie Trumper, interesting last name. I was watching a video on, like, an analysis of how it has nothing to do with chess, and I was like, keep me know. Um... It, it has it a lot to do with chess. You know, was, every character represents about, a, pawn, a piece or whatever, but... It talked more about, like, the, uh, like, the political, uh, like, ramifications. Yeah, of it's not like Queen's Gambit where, like, it's about chess. It's just, yeah. <laughs> so, it... They were, like, a fitting name for <laughs> the time. And I was like, oh, okay. I mean, yeah. He's also, like, in the concept album, he's just called The American, mm-hmm. I think, because it was just, like, they were using archetypes. Um, which is cool, but he's like obviously based off of Bobby Fischer. Not it, he is based off of Bobby Fischer. Yeah, but like, like it's, it's not even like oh he was the inspiration. It's like no, this is basically just Bobby Fischer. I think they said that at some point. I think the creators definitely have. Um, I think Bobby Fischer doesn't know a damn thing about this musical, nor does he care. No, because he like once he was done, he was done. And he, he well famously was like done and like off the map and went crazy yeah so they all like, do that's why i think he probably wouldn't know anything about this yeah it's like um how jake gyllenhaal is with this whole uh red taylor's version he's like oh that came out i don't did you see what he said what do you mean what did he say he came out and he was like i think that it's like disgusting that she commented on my girlfriend's age or something i didn't see that where did he say that? It was, like, a press release or something. It's not, yeah. like, 100% confirmed. I feel like it was probably, like, Demois. But I was, like... I'm, like, the whole... I'm, like, you're... Did you listen to the song? No, I think it doesn't that, seem like you got the made up. Because I don't think his agent would let him have a, a statement like that. I don't think so either, but you never know. We'll see. We'll see, Mr. Maybe the, maybe the Spider-Man um, cameo will make up for it. Jesus Christ. I always forget that who's in that, mm-hmm. <laughs> but I shouldn't anyway. Um, so then our other like principal chess player is a Natalie. I forget what his last name is. I think I have it later in my notes here. It's something Russian. Sergeyevsky. Sergeyevsky or something like that. How do you say his first name? Anatoly. Okay. It's not. It's not Anatol. I know. But it's close. It's like Anatole with a Y. So I say Anatoly. Yeah. So if I ever say Anatoly, that's why, because my brain is... I mean, we're t- the Russian. We're talking about the Russian. Yeah. Um, he's, like, based off of three different dudes. Yeah. Um, Victor Korknoi, mm-hmm. Anatoly Karpov, and Boris Basky. Boris Basky is a pretty famous... Um, I don't know if he was ever a grandmaster, but he was, like, a, a world champion chess player. Um... One of these guys was uh, one of the, I think it was Boris Basky was the one who uh, was against Bobby Fischer in that famous uh, tournament. And I believe so. Korknoi and Karpov, I don't remember which is which, but one of them was like a great grandmaster. Um, and then the other one is the one who fled Russia. <laughs> and, to, his, and his wife and kids. And his wife and kids. <laughs> like, spoiler, the Russian does in this musical. Um, I... I feel like there's just blatant spoiler alert for the entire musical but if it's, it's been out been for, a while. for a long time okay so. you, you're, if you're listening to this you either know the musical or you want to know about the musical so uh, i don't know i don't know what to tell you sorry um, if you ruin anything but uh no i'm not sorry <laughs> all right it's well, my podcast i can do what i want okay. i can say what i want um and so then we also have florence bassey who is uh freddie's second 
like kind of like in a duel, but they have seconds in chess. Mm-hmm. Um, and she was born in Hungary, but naturalized as a British citizen. And like her whole backstory is that like her dad was part of the Hungarian uh, revolution against the, the Russians in the 50s. Um, and he had to stay in Hungary and fight the Russians while she and her mother fled to England um, in like, I think it was 1956. They gave a year. So I'm going to go through the plot of the 19, 19- oh, it's 1984. Wait, when you this forgot people. You went well, over- these are the main three. Okay, fair. Perfect. Oh, and I had another note before we even got into the plot. So there's a song in this called One Night in Bangkok, and it actually got to number three on the Billboard Hot 100 in in the 80s. I don't remember what year. Just on that note, how did you find out about this musical? I found out because, okay, if the pod doesn't already know, and I feel like they do, um, no, they definitely do know. I am a Grobenite. I love Josh Groban. Um, when I was a senior in high school, yes, 2015, he released an album called Stages, which was a bunch of covers of Broadway songs, and he had one on it, um, called Anthem, and it was from Musical Chess, and I was like, I've never heard of this musical before, but this song slaps. So, I looked up the musical... And I became obsessed with it, like, my freshman year of college. I figured you found it through Groban. Um, so I, my grandmother was super into ABBA. Mm. And so, like, I called her the other day, and I was like, do you know the musical Chess? She goes, yeah, I think so. (laughs) And I was like, do you know the song One Night in Bangkok? And she goes, oh my god, yeah, that was, like, super popular. And I'm like, alright, so did you show me the musical Chess? She's like, I don't think so. And I'm like, so when when did I come into the knowledge of this musical? And so I think like I knew about it as a child because I think they would play One Night in Bangkok on like one of our old cassette tapes we had. It was like one of the br- like <laughs> hits of the whatever. 80s. It was like one of the songs that like my yeah. grandma would play. And so I guess I knew that song. And so I believe it was your senior year of high school. <laughs> I was talking to one of my friends, and he was like jamming out to the song. I'm like I know that song. And he's like, yeah, like I love the musical. And I was like, oh, it's a whole musical? Mm. And then I was listening to the musical. I'm like, I, I know the music. I don't know from yeah. where. So I'm sure I had heard it at some point in my childhood. I'm not entirely sure from where. So like, I didn't even know Josh Groban was in it until yeah. very recently. Yeah, he was in the concert version, which was... Uh, I don't even know when it was recorded. It was in 2003. That was from 2003? You should look at his face. He looks like a child. I know he looks like a child, but, like, he looked like a child up until, like, 2009. I thought it was maybe from, like, 2007. I thought it said 2003. Holy shit. Yeah. Anyway. Um, yeah, and they haven't really... There's been, like, I think a few foreign productions, maybe a few, like, It was in Australia this year. Mmm. There's been a few tours, but, like, it hasn't been on Broadway. And they did the Kennedy Center a few years ago, too. They did do the Kennedy Center. I wanted to go to that so bad. That's because, uh, oh, Rami and Caramelou was in it, Rallo Sparza, mm-hmm. a bunch of other really talented people were in it. I wanted to see it so bad. I think I was insufferable about it. <laughs> As I will be insufferable about it when it eventually gets me into a movie, musical, whether it's by me or someone else. Sure. Hopefully me, but probably someone else. <laughs> um, anyways, on the plot of the 1984 version, um, this is like the, the London concept album 
uh, with Elaine Page, uh, Murray Head, and Tommy Korberg. Um, it starts out. Picture this. It's Murano, Italy. Are you sure? Because they only say it, like, 50 times. Oh, I was like, what do you mean, are you <laughs> sure? <laughs> they said it, like, 50 times. <laughs> um, yeah, it starts out in Murano, Italy, which is, like, this northern Tiberian... Um, Have you been? What? Have you been? No, is it a real town? I don't know. I don't think it is. <laughs> I'm just saying. No, like... maybe it is. Um, no, I've been to northern Italy. Hmm. Um, oh, it is real. <laughs> I don't know why. I, I don't know why it wouldn't be real. It wouldn't be. Um, yeah, it's up there. It's it's near. Um, it's near. What country is this? <laughs> Austria. Okay. It's closer. That does to not Austria. help my geographical knowledge. Well, how much do you know about Italy? Italy it's, a decent bit. It's north Austria, of Verona. Okay. It's, I know it's north. It's south of the border. Okay. Um, I have a map right here, actually. So, there's Murano. Right there. Oh, it's, like, real north. Yeah. Okay. Well, no, because they say that, like, we used to be German, the border's been shifting around. Yeah. Like, they're in flux. They have a lot of different cultures going on there. But, the World Chess Championship is coming to town, and the citizens are so excited. Um, you know, they're more simple people. Like, it's a small town. It's a quiet village. Um, <laughs> I'm so sorry. Bring no, up not. another one of Josh Groban's roles. Go ahead. Not roles, but he he, he sang, sang on the soundtrack. Yeah, that's true. I'm like, did yeah. I miss something? No, I know. I that's like know. It's like Grobanite. <laughs> like, the only song I actually like from the live action. That's why Evermore. I, yeah, yeah. It's why I it's good. It. It's good. Um. Anyway, so. The American, a.k.a. Freddy, is the champion defending his title against the Russian, Anatoly. Um, in the song Murano, the... Ma- I guess the Maronese? The Maronanion? <laughs> the people of Murano <laughs> are excited about the event being held in their small town. The whole world will be watching, after all. Um, I've also, like, taken out a lyric from each song okay. that I like. Um, this, like, I guess it's, like... I think it's like the mayor or whatever that equivalent is in Italy. He says, so come to us and feel the force. All major credit cards taken, of course. Like, there's such a That was like capitalist... the funniest thing to me <laughs> it's, when it's, I was listening it to it. It is funny. Because you know how sometimes you listen to like songs and you can't hear what they're saying? Mm-hmm. So I was listening and I was like, wait, what? <laughs> yeah, the first few times I listened to this musical, I like couldn't understand all the lyrics. But like, then you listen to it more and more and you're like, oh my god, like... This opening song, they're just talking about how, like, they can't wait to get all their, like, all this money from people. It definitely is one of, uh, it's one of my, like, favorited, like, songs. It's fun, and it, like, it has this, what I love about it is it has this old Broadway musical kind of, it's like a group number, and then all of a sudden, when Freddy comes onto the scene, it goes into this rock thing. My, my ADHD brain loves the fact that this musical goes from, like, classic Broadway to 80s synth to, like, almost like a rock tone. It's so... Back to Broadway to classical. Oh, and it's I so just, fun! It's so, like, messy, and it works so well together. I don't even think it's messy. I think it's perfectly crafted. I, yeah, that's... But I say messy because I think if you listen to it the first time and you don't know what's going on, you'll oh, be like... Oh, like, it takes you by surprise where it's just like, they're like, oh, this big number, and it's all, you know, Rodgers and Hammerstein, and they even 
fucking mention yeah. Rogers and Hammerstein. Um, and then Freddie comes in, and he's like... It's like... And you're like, wait, what? You know what? When Freddie comes in, it sounds like it could be an opening to, like, an 80s cliche movie, like Breakfast Club, or, like... Like, this is guy with, like, a leather jacket yeah. and sunglasses, and he's just like, hey, babe. That's like, exactly, like, <laughs> the vibe. And that is kind of what happens. Uh, yeah. Like, Look at all these people. They can't wait to see me play chess. And it's like, yeah, you're cool. <laughs> no one cares, buddy. They just want the money. Yeah. They just want to see if the nice guy beats the bum. Who's who? Mm, ain't that the question. Um, I really like Murano. Um, yeah. Should I be ranking these as we go? Because there's so many. I don't know. Uh, there's so many songs. I have my top five. I think I'm going to make my top five at the end. Like, we'll take a break. Okay. And I will fully go through. Um, so the next pop point, this happens during the song, The Russian and Molokov, slash Where I Want to Be. Molokov is Anatoly's second. Um, he's also like, is he KGB? I believe so, but I can't remember if that's in the original plot or just yeah. in the American plot. There's I think like, it's just in the... <laughs> the American plot has, like, four different agencies. I was reading Wikipedia again today, <laughs> and crazy. I think it's just the American plot in which he's a KGB. But he definitely isn't for Anatoly. No, he's he, very much on the side of his country, like, yes. pushing an agenda, which it makes sense at the time. That's what most Russians were, because that's... It was the Cold War, baby. Duh. Um, but, so, in this song, Freddie gives a press conference where we learn that he's aggressive and somewhat childish. Big surprise. Um, he's also impulsive. Uh, he denounces his competitor and Soviets in general. The press conference is watched by Anatoly and his, oh, it says KGB employed, so he must be. Um, second in the, at least in the concept album, uh, Malakov. Malakov thinks Freddie is insane, but Anatoly doesn't think he's insane at all. He's just calculated and very good at chess. They just love chess. I love that about I, his characters, too. <laughs> my my notion was Anatoly considers what he's doing with his life after a conversation with his second Molokov, in parentheses, bad. Bad. Yeah, he's bad. <laughs> that was my comment on it. <laughs> um, and then in Where I Want to Be, Anatoly kind of reflects on his own rise in the chess world and how he feels watched and criticized and he has this lyric in it where he goes running for my life never looking back in case there's someone right behind to shoot me down and say he would always knew i'd fall can i just the chorus of that song mm-hmm. like i wanted to do like the parts that give me serotonin um in it's this musical whole, which is the whole it's like, the whole chorus but yeah but, and the whole musical yes but just that like and it's so weird watch it i was like watching the con like the the concert and I was watching Josh Groban sing the where I want to be mm-hmm. and who I want to be and doing what I always said he I would. He stays so straight. And he literally just, and I'm like. He doesn't move. I'm like, put some. And I'm like, I know it's a concert, but, babe, but put some emotion into it. But you kind of it. see in his physicality, he's very restrained at the beginning of the musical. And then towards the end, he kind of moves around a little mm-hmm. bit more. He still stays pretty restrained because it's a concert and you don't, you know, they're not wired for that. But I, I, I would have loved to have seen him do it in, like, an actual show. Yeah. Especially with his, like, also something I know, his voice has not changed. And it is as gorgeous as ever in 2003 as it still is. Um, He also has that part where he goes, where the crazy wheel slows down, where will I be? Back where I started. I think just sonically that that it pops. I'm not gonna sing. I'm gonna do my best not to sing. I love that as if they can see me. 
I'm not warmed up. <laughs> I can't. Me, 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 me. No. Uh, <laughs> this isn't fucking pitch perfect, all right? <laughs> Is it? No. What the fuck? <laughs> no. The fucking chokehold that the cup song had on girls my age in, like, the ninth grade, I I will never understand Try it. Try being in middle school when that happened. Cause... No. I, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry, but, it like... It was just... It was... At lunch, you know how, like, you have to be in the cafeteria at lunch in middle yeah. school? <laughs> Who would start? One person would start. Go, is it, like, a round? Go. It was literally, like... <laughs> that is You tell, like, the entire terrorism. cafeteria, and I was like, I can't do this. I think we're getting out of here. I think that's where my hatred of Anna Kendrick came from. Oh. <laughs> I don't like her. Fair. I think she's annoying. Okay. Um, I'm, I'm annoying, but, like, I'm, like, I'm annoying in, like, a cute way. Yeah. She's just annoying. Okay. Um... I think Anatoly is the second best character in the show. Maybe the best character? Not morally. <laughs> um, but he's just a guy who loves chess, which well, I think is awesome. depends on who the first person is and how much I agree with you there. I would say Florence. Okay, I thought they were tied. They kind of are tied, but I think if we're looking at it morally speaking, uh, Florence, Florence is a better person. They're both messy. Yes. Anatoly is a little bit messier with the whole, you know leaving his children and his wife in Russia. That wasn't so nice. <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> anyway, moving on to the opening ceremony. Wow. You haven't introduced Florence yet. Because she doesn't really do much until a certain point. She's there. She's there with Freddie when they arrive. Well, she's there for the press conference. She is, and she's just like, hey guys, sorry. And she just kind of runs out. Of yeah. Yeah. We're gonna get into her. Don't don't worry about it. All right, all right. <laughs> Opening ceremony. What a scene in Murano. Uh, the arbiter shows up. He rocks. Love the arbiter role. Yes, he's awesome. He's he, not in enough. His, I the arbiter is like uh, from like again. I did the concert version for like favorite songs mm-hmm. just because they break it up. I think a little bit clearer. Yeah. Motive like motifs and stuff. Yeah. Um, I love that song. So much. It's it's just like he's here's this no bullshit guy, who we need honestly because there's a lot of bullshit going on. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> so he he means business and he won't be bribed or have any personal stake in the game. Like he doesn't care. He's he's truly on nobody's side. Well, he's he's like the president of chess. chess. He's Mr. Chess. <laughs> yeah, like he he like runs like the league or whatever. Yeah, you yeah, call yeah, it. yeah. Um, That's why he's there. His world, yeah, his word is final. He'll be watching over the game, making sure everything's fair, blah, 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 blah. Mm -hmm. Uh, We also get merchandisers, the press, politicians, businessmen, and diplomats who will file into the town and get excited about what they can exploit. Um, There's these KGB dudes who come in at this certain point, and it's like this kind of like swanky little, like, what instrument is that even on? Where it goes, dun, 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 dun. oh, you know that one? Can I, like, oh, are we gonna be sued? <laughs> anyway, there's this. They're getting no, introduced. That's gonna, that's gonna make me mad. And I'm so make it really quiet. <laughs> they they sing. It doesn't. It really doesn't matter who comes out on top. Who gets the chop? No one's way of life is threatened by a flop. But we're gonna smash their bastard. Make him want to change his Bassoon. name. What? Bassoon? It might be the it bassoon. It might be a bassoon. I it's, it's a bassoon. kind of like a deep woodwind. It's a bassoon. 
Right. What else would it be if it's a D, unless it's like a bass flute? Could be bass flute. Which I don't know. But think it sounds electric. Yeah. I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> um, basically, they're just like, listen, we don't really care, except we do. And we're going to, like, fucking win and make the U.S. a disgrace. And I think it's so funny because the U.S. is just like, we're just going to have fun. Um, and the <laughs> Soviets are like, no. The merchandisers are a very funny part of the song. Yes. And the Arbiter is a badass. Yes. <laughs> okay. Moving on, and now we're going to get more Florence, okay? And the machine. <laughs> you know, uh, the entire time I was going, pew? Oh, I was thinking machine. the machine. I was thinking pew. Mm. Interesting. Anyway, we're on to quartet, a model of decorum and tranquility. Can I just... Quartets in older musicals, like true quartets that, like, have the name quartet in the mm-hmm. song are, like, some of my favorite things. I can never understand what these bastards are saying, though, because they're all talking over each other. No, I can't understand <laughs> what they're saying, but It's like in Prima Donna in Phantom of the Opera. You're like, okay, I'm going to walk out. I can't hear a damn thing <laughs> no, these people are saying. Time to take a piss. <laughs> uh, anyway, so in this uh, part, Freddie stages an effective and insulting walkout during the Arbiter's lengthy recap of the match regulations immediately after the opening ceremony. His second, Florence Vassy, is left to defend his behavior to the sneering Molokov. She finds it hard to defend him, and then she meets Anatoly for the first time, who seems to sympathize with her situation, because she's like, mm-hmm. Freddie's Freddy's an asshole. Um, and, like, this is there's this part in this that is, like, the thesis of the show where they're singing I think together at this point how sad to see a model of decorum and tranquility become like any other sport a battleground for rival ideologies to slug it out with glee I I do think that's a that is like one of the major themes where it's just like these are just two people who want to play chess but the whole world is trying to make it into this thing where it's like this is east versus west who's the better person it's just like these they just want to play chess we, yeah. we don't have to make it a political thing. But because of the time period, it had to be a PC culture, you know? And this is this is where I said when I texted you the other day that I was like, I'm, I get partial, like, Queen's Gambit vibes is because that was also a theme in Queen's Gambit where they're like, no, you you have to defeat the Russian player. Yeah, and there's she's always like, a Russian in any chess thing. Well, because that's their sport. Mm-hmm. But she's like, I, I just want to win. I don't really care. I just want to have these cute bangs and play chess. Yeah, but I, I feel like it's very similar with Natalie and um, Freddie, where they're, they just love the game. And then you get to that, like, later in the show. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I think that that song, while slightly confusing, can give, like, a very good baseline of, like, this is what you should be paying attention to if you're an al- if you're analyzing analyzing (laughs) yeah i mean it kind of shows up each of their different perspectives but how they come together to agree it sucks that this is the way it has to be now because which is funny that malakov is agreeing to that well malakov is just kind of he's still he still really likes chess but he is deep in the pocket of the kgb i mean guilty we've all been there have we are you sure no Okay. I don't know. I don't know. Um, so thus, we move on to one of, like, the most magnetic, energetic uh, numbers in the show, which is 
the American and Florence slash nobody side. Um, so Florence confronts Freddie and tells him that she can't tolerate his behavior for much longer. And this is when we learn that uh, Florence was born in Hungary. She left the country when she was two with her mother in 1956 due to the uprising and became a naturalized British citizen. She uh, never discovered what happened to her father, who quote unquote disappeared when the Hungarian uprising was crushed. Though she is determined to find out, um, she's worked for uh, for Freddie and with Freddie for seven years after meeting him at a tournament in England, and their relationship is like interesting because she's kind of like mother figure to him because he has mommy problems. We know this. We'll we'll get into it, um, but it's like slightly romantic. You know, like, they fucked. The funniest thing, I think, is when you look up this musical, the first thing that comes up is, like, a love triangle. And I'm like... It's not. That's just not what the show is about. It'd be, like, two different triangles. Yeah. It's it's really a love circle. It's just Anatoly in a love circle with Chess and Freddy in a love circle with Chess. I just, I find it so funny when they're like, oh, they're obviously, like, super romantic with each other. And I was like, what? Well, it was fight. <laughs> I'm like, what about? I'm like, do you guys have, like, are, are you okay? Are you okay? Do you need to talk to <laughs> If that is your version of loving each other, we, you should, you should seek therapy. Yeah. And this, this, this argument that they have just reinforces the fact that she is the only person that she can rely on. And then she goes into the song called Nobody's Side, which it's like the, I feel like it's the most ABBA sounding song in the entire musical. I mean, I would argue that the more like 80s synth parts are um, more ABBA. I don't know, because I feel like I, I don't know. I, I don't know. Anyway, this song rocks. Yes. I love the song so much. Like it could stand alone, like as a single. If you um, are, like, a Broadway aspiring person, Mm. and this is in your vocal range, that should be an audition song, because no one knows about it. No, well, people, no, the people who are hosting the auditions know about it, and they'll be like, hmm, person of culture. Yes, but, like, the general (laughs) public doesn't, I feel like no one knows about this musical, and it's so frustrating. I'm starting a street campaign. To get more people to know about Chess the Musical. Let's do it. It's it's beginning with this podcast and then it's just, we're going to make t-shirts, mugs, cool, etc. We'll follow on Etsy. Um, there's this lyric in this song where uh, Florence says, Never stay too long in your bed. Never lose your heart. Use your head. Nobody's on nobody's side. That's the name of the song. Um, and I definitely think about it when I'm sitting in my bed for too long. Because I do that a lot. And I'm like... <sighs> What would Florence Vassy, Elaine Page say right now? What would Adina Menzel say right now? You know? <laughs> Don't give me the eye roll at Adele Zadib. It's, uh... It's fine. I was gonna say, it's, it's sad season. <laughs> it's seasonal effective depression season. Yeah, I've got the sad. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> it's it's sad. S-A-D, seasonal affective disorder. That, they did a good job. On that one. <laughs> yeah, really. Um, so now we're to... It's not even like the title track. There's no lyrics in this song. Oh, you, what are you, what are you going to say? What are you going to say? I have a note. Okay. A note. A note. Just talking about how they go from the fight, and then Florence sings this lovely ballad about how she cannot choose a side. She doesn't know what she wants to do. And then about five seconds later... <laughs> 
She goes, ah, I'm going to go fuck this man. Not five seconds later. They play chess. Yeah, they play chess, and then she goes, I'm going to go fuck this man. It's like a full ten minutes. Yeah, okay. Chess is in my top five. Like, chess game number one is in my top the, five. It's like the scoring is so good. Like, you can hear them making the moves, but I, you can't. It's funny, because I, I listened to it before I watched... The, and I, one of my critiques about, like, the concert recording is I can't see them actually playing the game of chess. Because no real chess fan is paying attention. No one who knows the game of chess is like, oh yeah, chess the musical. It's just a bunch of Broadway nerds. Okay, well, I I like chess. I, um, I I like the game. I studied chess when I was little. (laughs) One of my hyperfixations. Okay, Queen's Gambit over here. (laughs) I, um... I did not go to chess. But it was funny, because when I was listening to the, the song, um, it sounds very, like, okay, like, it's peaceful, but you can feel like like Freddy's winning, almost. And he is. And he is. And you feel like Freddy's winning, and then the song abruptly changes, and it and it has, like, the, the Russian theme. It also has part of the um, Where I Want to Be, mm-hmm. uh, like, motif in it, and then you see that and Natalie starts winning, and then that's when Freddy loses his shit. They kind of both lose their shit, but mostly Freddy. But I just, I think it's, the scoring of the song is it's a dynamic. stunning, gorgeous, dynamic. I love Never the, been done before. <laughs> no, I love the choreography um, in the concert version. It's so simple, but, like, you can oh, see yes, kind of, yes, like, yes, yes. the back and forth. But I, I, I wanted to look it up for it, and I forgot... The very opening of that song, I believe, is pulled from another, like, classical piece, and I I couldn't place it. Probably. It sounds almost like a Russian, not tango, the but kind of like a pas de deux those, kind of a thing. The, any of the instrumental songs, like, so the prologue and all of the chess and all of the end games and stuff, those are pulled um, from, like, Tchaikovsky. Well, he's Russian. Yes, but like they <laughs> famously are, Russian. They are influenced. <laughs> so that's probably it's probably from one of his pieces, but I just I wouldn't I wouldn't doubt it. It's gorgeous. And it's I could talk about that song so good. probably for 30 minutes. Um so what actually happens in that scene is like they kind of hate each other. They do. It's kind of cute. Um they start <laughs> off the proceedings, players make their first moves, tensions build as much uh, like, off-board as it does on-board with both men resorting to underhand tactics to distract and arrange the other. And I don't even know that was a thing. Like, I don't know chess well enough to be like, what the hell is an underhand tactic? But I also kind of do. I read a book on the game of chess, and so, like, I know a little bit about theory. I didn't... I didn't know that was a thing before that, but, you know. Yeah. So, you know, drama alert. That's both why I think play- chess itself is fascinating. It really is. Both players flip the board in the air... And walk out. Primarily Freddy. No lyrics, just vibes. Yeah. <laughs> Which is if good. I can I can quote like if you want me to tell you the notes of the song, there you go. <laughs> that's that's the one note I have. <laughs> <laughs> that's the gorgeous. <laughs> yeah. Um, so this isn't a song, just a plot point, but Florence and Malkov have a secret meeting to discuss the match and how they don't want to abandon it. They insult each other until Florence takes the initiative to tell Malkov where and when to meet. Uh, to make the two competitors meet secretly so that the match can resume and the two can save face. 
Malakov attempts to rattle Florence at one point by implying that he knows some Hungarian history that she might like to learn about, a.k.a. what happened to her father. Does he actually know this? Who knows? He's like a dick about it. He's an asshole. He's not a good person. If, no. If your name is Malakov, one letter off from Molotov Cocktail... <laughs> You're not a good guy. Every time I saw his name, I was like, Molotov Cocktail? Like, just couldn't get it out of my head, actually. I, I, I like, came up with a bit in my head where, like, this anarchist goes to the bar, like, an underage anarchist, and they're just, like, trying to be cool about ordering a drink, and they're just like, y'all have, like, a, a Molotov Cocktail? <laughs> and, like, the bartender's like, what? And then, like, I- another the other bartender walks over, just like, yeah, comrade, and hands on, like, a, the, the bottle with the rag doused in alcohol. I know someone who thought that that was, like, an actual thing. I think we all do They at a thought that point. they could order it. No, no, no. They were, like, of age and thought that they could order it at <laughs> a bar. Much. And I was like... Again, if, if the bartender's really cool, <laughs> you can. I feel like they should have made a drink called the Molotov cocktail just to be, like, when people are stupid and ask for it because they don't know, and they go, here. When I have a chess-themed, um, whatchamacallit, party... I'm going to uh, have a Malakov cocktail. Lovely. It's just going to taste like piss, shit, and vinegar. Okay, I think that we should make it s- taste a little bit better. Okay. Well, <laughs> it'll just be of, straight vodka. Actually. Speaking of some juicy sweetness, um, <laughs> on to Mountain Duet. <laughs> I don't like this song. <gasps> yeah, you just got a gay ass gasp from me. <laughs> He's got a reformed Broadway kid gasp. In comparison to some of the other powerful ballads, I don't think it holds well, its weight. It's a duet. It's not a ballad. In relation to the other influential, powerful, moving songs, I don't think it holds its weight enough. I, I also wrote... just think like music, like the underlying scoring of it, especially coming right after like the gorgeous. Well, it's about the emotion. Yeah, it speaks for itself. Anyway, (laughs) uh, at a private room in a restaurant halfway up uh, Murano Mountain, because they're in the mountains, because they're up north, uh, Florence and Freddie arrive for the secret meeting, and Natalie's late, and Freddie leaves in mock disgust. He's just like, I just don't want to be here. Um, Almost immediately after, Natalie and a junior member of his backup team arrive to find only Florence waiting. It's not Malakov with him, it's just some dude. Mm -hmm. Um, Natalie suspects that Florence might be a spy. Florence wonders what Natalie thinks of her. Uh, Anatoly, he, it, she, she, Florence, she, he thinks you're a spy. That's, that's what, <laughs> yeah. I just said it. Come on. Um, they converse a little and quickly things turn romantic. Their attraction being broken up by the swift return of Freddy. I, like, listening to it, you're like, where does this come from? Watching it, you get a better idea. I think if I were to make it into a movie, I'd have it build more, like, so if you were making it, if you were to make it into a movie, would you do it as a rock opera, or would you do it with? Would you add dialogue? It's already like a two. There's hour like yeah, show. there's some dialogue, but I I would add dialogue, and I'd probably cut some music, the stuff that probably wouldn't translate so well to film. There's a few things where it's just like this doesn't need to be sung. They could just say this. I would also just make it super long. <laughs> Four hour movie. I. I would watch People it. would see it. People would see it. Chest part one. <laughs> <laughs> like Dune, you know? It's a part one? Dune, yeah. When does part two come out? Uh, 2023. 
Ew. I haven't seen it yet. Well, then don't watch it until next year, and then you won't wait that long. I don't think I'm going to, actually. I think I'm going to wait. <laughs> You're welcome. Thanks. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, so in my notes, I wrote, the romance kind of comes out of nowhere, but this song is so romantic, so I get it. They're in Northern Italy, notoriously romantic. We've all seen Call Me By Your Name. Maybe not. You don't have to say it. Um, don't see it, Father, actually. Son, House of Gucci, you know? Yes. <laughs> anyway. You're gonna be so insufferable after that movie comes I'm already insufferable, and I haven't even seen it yet. It's gonna be so much worse after we see that. I know. Um, there's a, I have a few lyrics that I want to point out, because okay. I really like this song. Um, there's this one point where Natalie goes, haven't you noticed we're a protagonist short in this idyllic, well-produced scene? I, I did I did love that. I love... Saying protagonist, it's like, okay, main character syndrome. Can I just... The way that the musical kind of, like, breaks the fourth wall every once in a oh, while. Oh, it's so fun. And I'm like, I, I love this. It's so fun. More musicals should break the fourth wall. They take themselves too seriously. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, this, there's one part where Florence and... Uh, Natalie, they're talking to each other now. And she goes, so I'm not dangerous then? What a shame. And he goes, no, you're not dangerous. Who could think that of you? And he's just like, wait, what are you, what are you talking about, you crazy bitch who <laughs> is so gorgeous? Um, and then at the same time, they're like, you are so strange. Why can't you be what you ought to be? Like, isn't that some star-crossed shit? It's just like, oh, if you were just like this evil Russian, this would be so much easier. Or like, if you were just this American woman who I don't care about, this would be so much easier. Why can't you be what you ought to be? You're so strange. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'm not going to say my other two, because, like, they're just kind of generally cutesy, but this does make me want to fling myself off a mountain. Maybe that's why I don't like this song. I'll mountain do it. <laughs> this is so fucking dumb. <laughs> I love it. Um, Anyway, I'll remember that for sure. I'll write it down. (laughs) Case. I think I'm just so lonely that I think the song pissed me off. Well, no, I'm lonely too. So, next plot point. Freddie and Natalie argue and insult each other. Florence guides them to agree on a press statement that shares the blame for the match breakdown and to resume playing. Um, And then we're on to the song Florence Quits. Um, a few days later, Florence and Freddie discuss the match, which Freddie is now losing. This agitates him as he's almost lost, and he blames Florence as they hurl abuse at each other. Florence tells him that she's going to leave him after the match, even if he wins. Freddie pleads with her to stay while continuing to be furious at her. He postulates that this is the Soviets' work, with him losing and Florence leaving. Florence leaves and quits. That's the name of the song. Are they... They're five to one at this point, right? I think, I don't remember the exact score. It's five to one at some point. That's when it gets, like, there's, like, no way Freddie will win. Because yeah. Anatoly has the five to one. Mm-hmm. It's so, like, it's like tennis, where you play multiple games to win. It's more, not just, yeah, like, a two-minute chess match. an analogy to another sport. That's not gonna get to me. Okay, I don't know okay. other sports either. Ha! But you just, you don't just do, like, two minutes of chess and then win. Why not, though? Um... So, Florence leaves. Freddy continues to justify his inexcusable actions to himself. I, I do love the way that she starts that song. Mm. Just the very abrasive, like, meh. <laughs> yeah, she's, she loves calling him out on his shit. I take his shit for seven years. Yeah. Um, I love, I use this line all the time on people when they 
uh, trauma dump to me or overshare, I say I'm learning things I didn't want to know. You know, it's funny. I think you may have said that to me before. I've said it to at least everyone I know. I think you may. I think you said it to me in high school once. It was probably, like, right when you got into this musical. <laughs> it must have been. Cause Maybe I was the first person you used it on. I do th- say that a lot. I'm just like, you know what? I'm learning things about you right now. I didn't I didn't want to know. I didn't need to know. Okay. You could have kept that to yourself. And I say that as the queen of oversharing. I was going to say, you You also You're right. You're right. <laughs> but I don't share everything. Um, anyway. So now we're at uh, Embassy Lament. I also love this song. This one's fun. It's like a fun little, like... But this, I feel like, is one of the ones that I would cut in a film version. This could definitely be, like, a conversation. Because it, it's harder to capture that kind of fun, frenetic energy on camera. Mm-hmm. That's why I think a lot of um, movie musicals don't work. It's like they're trying to capture something that only happens on stage that it doesn't resonate the same way on film. Yeah. No, I would agree. I you, This could be a, a conversation with, yeah. like background music especially because the next song that comes is so heavy heavy yeah and it is like the act break that this doesn't need to be here Mm -hmm. but basically at a western embassy they don't say which country it is uh anatoly because he's defecting to england he's yeah he has newly been crowned the world chess champion asked for political asylum he has problems with winning support and interest from the civil servants at the embassy um, I think it's also just so funny how they're like, well, you're good at chess. He's like, no, I'm, I'm okay. And they're like, you, you just won the, the world. That's me, though. Buddy. He's like, imposter syndrome. Yeah. <laughs> um, the, the dudes at the embassy are so much fun. They're like a barbershop quartet kind of a thing. Yeah. It's a very just like. But like, I feel like live is the only way that it works. Like, again, on, on camera, I just don't think it would ring the same way. No, not at all. So. But I, I think it. Between, because I feel like you have like, you have nobody's side. The you have like a lot of heavy. It's it's heavy. And then you get this fun little song. That's kind of, they're like typing a little. It's like little typewriter sounds when you can Ching. hear. Yeah. Like the sound. Uh, that yes. part where they're like looking left and right. I just I think it's just so fun. It is fun, but again, it went only on music. Yeah, only musical. Um, so at our act break, we get. The oh, badly. Hold on. Oh, oh. If you were going to do it in a movie, though, you'd have to make those characters. You know how they have, like, the like the fun characters that, like, look really stupid? You'd have to, like, do something like that to prove, like, hey, this is, like, a lighthearted little. Quick. I don't know if I would make it lighthearted because, like, this is a big fucking decision that Anatoly is making. It des- It deserves some gravity. Fair, but I think that's also if you're going strictly off the concept album, if you're going to go off of the other albums as well, because there's other songs that can add to the gravity of his decision besides the that's Embassy true. Lament, because that's supposed to just, I think it's it's purposely placed I think there I would just, just have to be one, like a fun one-off. One person slip on a banana peel. That's always a good bit. That always wins. Yeah. Um, sure. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> on to Anthem. Which is like the ballad Act Two closers, the one they originally heard on the Josh Groban album. Act One closer? They say Act Two. You said Act Two. Oh, uh, technically, kind of is the Act Two closer as well. Yes, but it's Act. It's the Act One closer. Mm-hmm. I misspoke. So Anatoly gets his forms and his freedom. He's leaving the country and his family, but for something better, at least in his eyes. Um, the song is just incredible. It's so good. 
Um, it is in my top five, but I don't know that you'll like where it is in my top five. It's definitely in my top five. Five, five, five. It's definitely in my top five as well. But it's not number one. I don't know. Again, I haven't made mine yet. We're For gonna, me, it's we're not gonna, one. We're going to have to pause at some point, and I'm going to do it off cam or off mic. Thank God Wait, this isn't recording. Wait, is a camera? <laughs> what? Um, we do it on Zoom. Like, I'm seeing myself the whole time. And I think that makes me more aware of what I'm saying, which... Maybe it's a better thing. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> so, at the end, he he sings this part. How can I leave her? Where would I start? Let man's petty nations tear themselves apart. My land's only borders lie around my heart. I love that line it's so much. It's so good. I always quote, let man's petty nations tear themselves apart. Because, like, I... It's truly, like, the essence of this character where he's just like... All these people want something from me. All I want is to play chess and to love who I want to love. Like, they can put their squabbles to the side. I don't care about their stupid little problems. I like the pieces. I I like the, um, and we'll get into this in the next song too, but the, just like the juxtaposition between Freddie and Natalie just in general, but like this song I think specifically... Also, because we haven't had a, a Freddy solo yet. That's Not. the next song. Not yet, yeah. And so you get, like, this insight into Natalie and how he just... He's like, I literally don't care about Russia at all. Well, he... The thing is, like, he does care about Russia. Like, But not more than homeless. himself. Yeah, no. His, himself will always come first. Like, the thing with Freddy is, like, he doesn't care about his country the same way that Natalie does. And maybe it's... They're like different because res- of like I think nationalism. I, I think Anatoly like respects his country. Yes. Whereas Freddie's perspective is like USA, USA. Yeah. Because and that, but that's only really portrayed in the the next song. But but I think it also one of the bigger themes of this is like these are all these people who are being forced into the situation because of this grand stage that they're put on because of the ideas that people have about chess and the Cold War. But they're all people who are doing this stuff for themselves. They don't care about yeah. the rest of the world. They're doing the, these things because it's what they want to do. And then, you know, it's just looked at through this lens and their personal lives are put out on the world stage. And it sucks. I think, I don't remember what song it is, and it might not be on the concept album, but Natalie even says, like, I don't talk about my private life in yes. public. Um, it's, it's later. I think it's in the concert, too. It's in the concert. It's in, um... Yeah. You think in... Oh. I don't know, one of those. It's in the interview. Yeah, where he's talking to Freddie. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh, spoilers. Jesus. Hello, uh, listeners. We are back. We took a little break. Mostly because I was kicking my dog out of my room. Not in, like, a mean way, but, like, also, she's loud. And she snorts. And my cat was licking her, and she was getting annoyed. So they can fight outside of the studio. It is what it is. I also had to rehydrate. I had tea. Now I have my peach pear LaCroix, not sponsored. Again, if they want to sponsor, they can. I It's not my favorite flavor. I'll say it's number three on the flavors I've had recently. Um, I don't know. I like pamplemousse a lot. And hibiscus was really good. I didn't think I was going to like hibiscus. It's not that strong. Pamplemousse is definitely stronger. But I kind of like the flavor more. 
I've never had a LaCroix. Wow. That's why the face was what it was. Cause I was like, you're... I thought you were like astounded. You're like, how could you say that about no, I, peach I was hair? like, you're going into detail about what is it? Seltzer? Yeah. I it's don't. Seltzer. I don't like seltzer. I love seltzer. That's I think why. It's because I like soda, and soda's bad for me. I need like the carbonation. Uh, yeah, I stopped drinking soda a few years ago, and everyone's like, well, drink seltzer water. I'm like, no, I'm, I'm good with my, like, my regular water. <laughs> I need a flavor. Just uh, a little bit to, of a flavor. To be fair, the water is flavored. It just isn't sparkling. Well, that's iced tea. No, it tastes like coconut. We talked about this. I thought it was tea. No, it's crystal light. Oh, right, right, right. You had tea. I had water. I had tea. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Some about your memory and depression. I don't know. Um, <laughs> yeah. I don't think it's supposed to be like a Dory effect, though. <laughs> yeah, it's just short term. I think it's supposed to be like long term. No, like no, a, no. Like you, you, you wouldn't know. You're not a psychologist. Anyway. I, I, I do have a whole ass degree in it, though. Do you? <laughs> yes. Oh, I didn't know you got your undergrad. In it. it was just like pre-law. No, my undergrad is in psychology. What would you diagnose me with? Oh. <laughs> we don't know time for <laughs> Top five <laughs> mental illnesses. That's a different podcast. I can't wait. Um, <laughs> you can come on my podcast and we'll talk about that. I would love to. <laughs> um, anyway, so we're getting into act two of chess. This this act starts with, like, again, a, a bang. A gorgeous orchestral masterpiece oh yeah the that one's just called bangkok and then it's transitions into one night, one night bangkok. bangkok so the i was funny because when i was writing my top five i was like i'm surprised it's not on here because of the fact that i only like the concept album version i think it does it the best in the concept album yeah like the the adam pascal version is is good it just doesn't have that like oomph to it. I think it's because it's in the concert, so it's a little bit more restrained. And not even that. I just think the the vibe of the song is actually very di- like when you listen to I listen to them back to back. The the vibe of the song is mm-hmm. it feels very. different. Have you ever seen the Raul Esparza version? Possibly. There's this. It's not famous. It's famous within me and the other like five chess fans in the world. Um, it's like a dual cam, uh, version where it's like one camera from one night, one from the other at different angles. Mm-hmm. Um, it is insane. It is so good. I I think I watched that this morning, but honestly, I after my final, I don't I don't think I remember anything from this morning. So that's fair. Um, so one night in Bangkok, one year has passed. Um, and Natalie is set to defend his title against a new challenger from the Soviet Union in Bangkok, Thailand. Uh, Freddie, who's just kind of there for fun, and he's also doing like journalism. Yeah, he stuff. he's working for the the. The press company that was in the first yeah. year. Yeah, he's not. He's not playing chess. Is essentially no, what yeah, I'm saying. He's, he's not there for business. He's there for like. Well, he's he's there for business. He's working. Yeah, but again, it's it's something that he wants to do. It's not. He's something also he just like there. roped into it. He's like no, he's having yeah. fun. He's having fun. Um, so he he's discussing that it's a strange venue, and he's talking to all the locals in this song, and I think it is one of the sluttiest numbers in Broadway history. I. One of my comments, and I think that this is something that, because this is the most popular song yes, from the show, and mm-hmm. the one that was on the radio and everything, and I, because he talks about how, it, like, the 
it's like an allusion to like U.S. superiority to like how different life is in like this weird area of Thailand, like the prostitutes and yeah. Uh, like sex and drugs and he's like ugh, ugh, ugh America's so much better and I wonder if that's not why it's one of like I know it's like the catchiest song but I also wonder if it wasn't like especially considering the time era like it came out of like let's yeah. push this anti-USSR it's just kind of like exotifying I think Bangkok was just like wow look at this place where like eh, the there's temples and gods and yeah. women and it also it it's been done very poorly on stage before, though, too. Mm-hmm. And it's also been done really well. But it, it can be a tad it, bit I think it needs some racist. revamping for modern audiences. Yes. Like, um, I love the song, but it, it, it could it It's could, a really, like, it could be like worked on. fun song. Yeah. I like when, um, again, and this is, like, Freddie's way of thinking about America versus Thailand. He says, get tied. You're talking to a tourist whose every moves among the purest. I get my kicks above the waistline, sunshine. Yeah. I ca- I like the idea of, like, getting your kicks above the waistline. That's a funny little lyric. But also, it's just, like, not everyone's trying to fuck you, Freddie. Yeah. Like, and put the- your dick <laughs> away. <laughs> Rala Sparza, when he says, like, your massage parlor, he, like, gestures with his hand like he's masturbating. And I think that's funny. Because it's, like, a massage parlor. Yeah, they're jerking them off. We know. Yeah. You know how people fuck? Anyway. Sure. (laughs) So, then we move into Heaven Help My Heart. Um, Interesting song. Yeah, we'll get into it. In in this scene, uh, Florence and Anatoly, who have been lovers since his deflection from the USSR, discusses his new opponent and wonder why Freddy uh, is in town if as he hasn't really played serious chess since Murano. They also talk about the refusal of the Soviet authorities to let his wife Svetlana out of the USSR. Um, Anatoly leaves to discuss tactics with his seconds, while Florence wonders about their future together. Um, I... The song is just very sappy. Oh, I forgot to write this song down. Oh, that's... No, I didn't, actually. This comes in the first act in the concert version. Mm. It, it Like, the song has grown on me a little bit. It's, it's, a, it's a throwaway, in my opinion. If I'm, like, I listen to this a lot on vinyl, so I don't skip it, because I'd have to, like, get up and then physically move the needle. Um, yeah. But, like, if I'm listening to it on Spotify, like, it's, I'm skipping. Yeah. The da-na-na-na-na-na. Like, it's such a, it's very sappy 80s ballad. And not in the good way. Yeah. Not in the good way. Mm. It, it just, it exists, and it's there. And it's part of, like, this masterpiece of a musical, but it, it it's one of its lower points. Yeah. Um, it's just really just conveying that Florence is insecure in her relationship, and it I think it stems a lot from her, her abandonment and daddy issues. You think? Yes. <laughs> I mean, you're the psychology student, so maybe you tell us. <laughs> uh, for those, because it's not a visual <laughs> medium, I was just shown the birds. And I don't mean the film by Alfred Hitchcock. I mean the middle fingy. Very Can rude. You? Yeah. Do not, do not put your fingernails in I my fingernails. And people have done that to me before. <laughs> what the fuck? Just to test it out if it actually is uncomfortable. It is. Don't do it. Never in real life or the play ever put your fingy, your fingernail between my fingernail <laughs> no. and my fingy meat. <laughs> You know? 
Have, have you talked about that yet on this podcast? No. You know, because, listen, right now, John Mulaney's a bit of a hot-button topic <laughs> issue, if you yeah. would call it. But, like, it's good. I love Oh, Hello. Um, yeah. We can just take John Mulaney and pretend that there's no I mean, it's not. It's, it's George St. Eagland. Yeah, exactly. And Gil Yeah. Damn shit. It's actually, it's not. It's written by George and Gil. It's not John and Nick, yeah. actually. It's John and Nick. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways. So, next pop point. Malakov and his team are confident that this time around they have a player who is who is totally trustworthy and can be relied upon to both win and stay in Russia. Uh, the new champion, I don't know his name. He's just a weird dude. He's quiet. He's introverted. It's something with a V, and he's like just not very important. Yeah. He's, like, just, he's, like, he's a pawn. Yeah. Um, he only seems to be functioning at full capacity when he's playing chess. Um Next plot point. Natalie is interviewed on Thai TV. His interviewer is... Wait, what? Freddie? Benson? <laughs> I keep on thinking Freddie Benson when I see it written out. Yeah. No, me too. <laughs> it's just like, in five. Anyway. Four. <laughs> uh, so Freddie asks Natalie on, in, in, in the interview about his personal life, Florence, his politics, just this, anything this other is, than chess. This is when he was yes. like, I do not talk okay. about my... Don't talk about my personal life. All I care about is chess. He's like, okay. Oh, he even, I think, uh, he even is like, also Florence only cares about chess. Because yeah. uh, Freddie tries to, like, goat him into being like, well, Florence doesn't actually care about you. Because, <sighs> you know, Freddie's jealous. Because apparently it's a love triangle. <laughs> It might be. Who knows? Maybe. Um, he tells him on air that his wife is going to be flown into Bangkok in time for the match. What? And Natalie storms out. Freddie has succeeded at pissing him off. Mm-hmm. Freddie's just a little bitch for most of the musical. But also act two. And then he has like this switch that we're going to see. And I think that's really interesting. Um, going into the song Argument... Which is like kind of a non-song. It's just a lot of sing sing talking. Mm-hmm. Um, Florence and Natalie watch Svetlana, uh, who again is Natalie's wife, who is he left um, on TV, arriving in Thailand, and their tension with each other is brought to a climax. Um, and this, like, I feel like Natalie's kind of right. Like, they're just trying to complicate his personal life to distract him from the match, and like. Florence is just buying right into it. She's just like, oh, well, they're kind of right. And Natalie's like, it's like, literally, there's nothing wrong. Stop paying attention to what they're saying. And, you know, some of it she's justified in, like, he is still married. (laughs) And he is paying a lot of attention to the chess. But, like, also, it's a championship. He should be paying attention. Um, Yeah, it's just... (sighs) I hate it when they fight. A year into the relationship. Interesting. Thought perspective on that. What were your thoughts on it? No, I just... I I don't feel any sympathy for, like, most of the characters in this show. And I'm just like, I would all say assholes. You don't until a certain point. At this point, though, I still don't feel sympathy for I anyone, think that's so. also something I would work on in the movie version. Just, like, make them more sympathetic. They're just, they're not, like, personable. Like, you, there's, so you know those characters, like, you love to hate, and then, like, you, like, want to love so desperately, but you can't for mm-hmm. some, there's, like, there's no, there's nothing. There's nothing there. There's nothing here. Mm. And I'm just, like, 
I just don't feel anything for them yet, and I don't until, like, the very end. Yeah, it kind of comes all at once. Um, so then we have I Know Him So Well, which is kind of a duet. Um, but around this is when the Russian, uh, the Russian, uh, wait, why did I say the Russian? I meant Anatoly, right? Huh. I randomly slipped into the Russian. Anyway, Anatoly says that he must leave Florence for the rest of the competition. Florence and Svetlana both remark on how well they know Anatoly. Do they? I don't know. Um... I think there's, like, commiserate over the fact that yeah. he, he sucks sometimes. I said, all this over a man? Pull yourselves together, queens. Seriously. He's mid. At best. Can you let me swallow before you keep going? <laughs> That's what she said. <laughs> um, oh, exists. Fine. Wasn't he good? Wasn't he fine? Isn't it madness? He won't be mine. <laughs> Mood. Hashtag mood queen girl boss, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> buzzword, buzzword, buzzword. Yeah. <laughs> That's what that was. Um, I do like this better than, like, Heaven Help My Heart. I think it moves better. Yes. And I think the fact that it's a duet helps. Mm-hmm. Um, Svetlana just isn't given enough to do, I think, is also a problem. That's what I think I like the concert version of her better because you have, like, you don't have um, someone else's story. In the concept version, which that is in my top five. Like, it's, I love that song. We'll get into that later. Yeah, I love that song. So, like, it just, again, you feel no sympathy for something. And that's why I think, like, the concert version also does a better job. Because, obviously, it's a concept album, mm-hmm. right? So, it's not going to have everything. It has a lot, but also, like, not enough. It's so strange. It's very picky and choosy. Like, you don't get any development into Svetlana's character, and that's why, like, someone else's story, I think, is so moving when you listen to the the concert version. And it's interesting because in the concert version, it's given to Svetlana. In the Broadway version, and I'll get into that later, it's given to Florence. Yeah. Florence's song. Which I don't like. It's It works either way. Unlo- the the way that they place it in the narrative. Yes. Because it, it comes more at the beginning for Florence, and it comes towards the end and... For Svetlana, because Svetlana is even in the first act. And um, that's, that's, I think, I think it just makes more sense at the end and for Svetlana to sing it. It mm-hmm. makes sense for Florence to sing it. I just like the Svetlana I, I think better. that it, it adds more interiority to Svetlana, that she's not just like this jealous wife, which she's basically shown to be. And she's not just musical. there. Yeah. like I, She's there just for additional tension. Like, she's used as a pawn by, um, like, Malakov and all these mm-hmm. people, but... She's a person, and I think that that song gives her character. Yes, exactly. Instead of just, like, here's a person that we plopped in. And she's like, you're bad. Yeah. Um, so then we're on to the deal, and a lot, like, kind of goes on in this scene. Um, kinda? So Freddie... <laughs> it feels like ten different songs in there's one. There's a lot. He forces his way into Anatoly's quarters to offer him a deal. Anatoly has actually won the first two games, despite all the personal mayhem. Uh, Freddie informs Anatoly that if he doesn't continue his winning streak, Florence will not receive information from the Soviets about her father. Um, It's unpleasant information that her father was a traitor, not a hero, responsible for quite a lot of deaths. Um, Anatoly doesn't believe him, though, and throws him out. So then Freddie comes to Florence and asks her to join him again, kind of like a Darth Vader way, you know, mm-hmm. uh, as they would not be just, like, great partners again, but, like, he could give her this information about her past. 
He doesn't say if it's good or bad. She is just like an athlete. She's just like, I don't trust you. She rejects the offer. There's no deal. Um, again, there's like no really like lyrics to point out in this one because it's just like plot. Well, so again, difference between the different versions of like, I love, I, I have a love-hate relationship with this song in the concert, but because Svetlana reprises where I want to be mm. in this song. And I think that that movement is like, that moment is just like, like agonizing yeah. uh, when you listen to it and you're like, oh, I, I feel for you. Yeah. And that's where I think, like, this song is actually, I think, where I started to feel for the characters a little bit more. Yeah, and this next song is where you really start to, like, this, there's a main character. You, you're like, what, what, what happened to you that make you the way you are? And that's Freddie. And so now we get this song, Pity the Child, where we delve deep into his psyche which i like this version better than the concert version even though i feel like the concert does it better because it puts it earlier in the show yes but i i yeah i feel like it should be earlier in the show because then it's um it's an act one it's like right after florence quits and so it it makes sense to be there it really does which is i think so too i but i think i would take this version of the song and put it there Mm -hmm. um so Freddie is reeling from rejection by both Florence and Natalie, and he explodes in a fury of self-pity and anger and recalls his youth and why he is the way that he is. This is what we know. His father left him and his mother when he was 12 after his parents' relationship crumbled and died in front of him. Um, He holds himself up in his uh, room playing chess because no one understood him and no one wanted to. Uh, His mother quickly took on new lovers who all treated her like shit. And treated, and they also treated Freddie like shit too. Um, and it's very clear that he no longer has a relationship with his mother, um, and she doesn't really know who he is anymore. Her only son, um, and like this is like, it makes so much sense. It's like okay, this is why he has. He's only looking out for himself. It seems. This is why he latched onto Florence because Florence was kind of like this mother figure to him. Mommy issues. Oh, he's got mommy issues. If Florence got daddy issues, he's got mommy issues. Up the wazoo. They work perfectly together. (laughs) That's why. But that's why they fought so much. Um, So there's this lyric: "He never asked that I cause your distress, just in case they said yes." And that's so painful. Like there's a broken child in Freddy, and I think that explains why he is so childish and why he is so brash in the way he approaches things and, like, why he flips chessboards like a child because he's unhealed. So not not to bring the psychology major no, into No, go it. for it! But, like, when severe trauma happens at, like, a very young age, people can be, like, fully stunted, and so it's, like, very plot... Like, I think, like, this song... Even if you don't know that, you go, oh, so that's, that's why he seems like he's 12 is because he was never able to actually grow up past the age but then at the same time he had to grow so fast because mm-hmm. he was the only one taking care of himself yeah so it's like that weird juxtaposition of i only care for myself because i'm the only person who's ever been there for me but also i don't know how to regulate my emotions and or communicate with people and so i'm going to flip chessboards and shit on people in public and just be like a terrible human being in general. 
Yeah, and go to Thailand. Well, like, here's my <laughs> excuse for it, <laughs> yeah. you know? No, yeah. Um, I think it's just, like, finally we understand who Freddy is. And I, I think, yeah, it should be earlier. But I'm glad that it is there at all. Because I don't... You don't feel anything for Freddy. You just go... You're like, this guy's an asshole. asshole. Why is he such an asshole? You, you want to know why, and this answers the why. And this is why I say, like, Anthem coming so early in comparison to Pity the Child is just silly, almost, in my opinion, because you kind of need them to be close together to understand yeah, what happened in Act 1. There's a reason... I'm sure there's a reason why we should understand Anatoly better, because I think Anatoly is more of the hero, where... Freddy, he kind of fades into the background, but maybe he shouldn't. I don't know. He comes back in a big way, and you'll see why. Yeah. Well, we, I kind of already know why. Um, anyway. Of course you know why. Well, we've already kind of seen it, but... Yeah. Um, so the deciding game and match begins. The chant uh, with the former champions happens, and it's the hardest shit ever, where they're just going, da-da-da-da, and they're saying all the names in that, like... And they go, Cabablanca, and it's insane. Can I, this is in the, uh, I'm trying to remember if it's in this version too, but they, they say it like the year. So it's in the same, that's in the same tone, I think. Yeah, so is that not what we're talking about? No, it's like the scene We're in between, okay. So I, in Endgame, though, and they take the 1956 Budapest is Rising, like, yeah. And they use the year and they state like the champion of that year. Yes. And it's like this gorgeous underlay that you don't catch like the first few times you listen mm-hmm. to it. And then you're like, oh. I had no idea what they were saying. And then you look at the lyrics because there's like a whole lyric booklet that comes with both of the vinyls. And I was like, that's what they're saying? I'm not going <laughs> to lie to you. At first, I thought they were saying where the pieces were moving because I heard numbers. And so I was like, oh, and I honestly kind of wish that's. What was happening. <laughs> That'd be interesting. Yeah, they don't go into the actual game of chess. That's something I would also change. I, I think that it would add to the complexity and also the understanding, because chess is a beautiful game when you get into the theory of it, and I think if you could take kind of what Queen's Gambit did with it mm-hmm. and meld it with this musical and turn it into a movie, I think that it would work really well. Mm-hmm. Especially on screen, I think explaining, or even just showing the, the chess more, yeah. would would translate well to... Cause I understand why they don't show a lot of chess in the musical because they're it's tiny a, little pieces. Tiny pieces. And... But they have like a big screen. But even still, like I get how it would translate a lot yeah, better yeah. to a movie. It would, it would. Um, so Malkov and Freddy have a conversation which reveals them to have been in league against Anatoly, albeit for very different reasons. Florence, who watches the match, does not know that her lover has been put under pressure to lose and sees his obsession with victory destroying his ability to care for her. And so now we're in Endgame, um, not the Marvel movie. No. Uh, that, that's just, you know. Uh, Anatoly destroys his opponent. He finds himself amused and delighted by the fact that his various enemies have so misjudged his will to win. He's won in his professional life while failing in his private personal life. This is the only success he really wants, though. Uh, while rejoicing in victory, the crowd acclaim him, but uh, Svetlana attempts to make contact with him, leading to, like, a hollow anticlimax. Um, he despises yeah. himself for the narrow, selfish ambitions and desires that satisfy him. Svetlana despises him, too, and any hope at reconciliation is gone. Um, she has this line where she goes, Does the player exist and in any human endeavor who's been known to resist sirens of fame and possessions? They will destroy you, not rivals, not fame, 
not success. And that just goes hard. That yeah. goes fucking hard. Um, <laughs> so, Freddie hardly thinks of chess now. His machinations have failed to alleviate his personal despair. Florence won't return to him after the ending of her relationship with Natalie. He plans his revenge on both Florence and Natalie while Molokov apprehensive about his own future, prepares suitable treatment for his failed protege. And now we're in the epilogue, you and I slash the story of chess. Where, you know, maybe Florence and, At- and Natalie, they're not really done, but maybe they are. Um, and this is a quote from like the the plot packet that comes with the vinyl because they're like, yeah, these people aren't going to understand it. Yeah. And they're right. Um, they thought their story was a very happy one. But like the game of chess, the game of love can be played in almost limitless number of variations. Perhaps this was just one of many games that ended in a stalemate. That's a good description. <laughs> yeah, I I definitely think that, like, because I love listening to it, but if you don't know what's happening, I think that's also probably why it didn't get super popular, is because if you just listen to the app. You have no idea what's going have, on. Especially the concept album. You have You're like, why no are they in Italy? Why are they in Thailand? Like, there's there's no context to the... I mean, there's context, but there's... Yeah. It's it's a little complicated. It's hard. Um, and then Freddie approaches Florence. He has news for her of her father. The end. I don't know if he actually tells her what happens, or it's just like, I have news. Draw curtains. Um, I don't remember in that version. My favorite lyric from this is, but we go on pretending stories like ours have happy endings. Because that kind of is the ending. It's just like, uh, we were very foolish to think this could end well. It's sad. Like, yeah. it's, I would say the silver lining is like, well, at least an athlete won. And like, he wasn't winning for his country. So like, it proves, I guess, cost. that the Cold War is fake and gay. Um, <laughs> I think, I will say, I think that it does a good job of kind of going back to the Cold War ties of, like, Natalie wins, but at what cost to him and his personal life and his family? And and when he wins, he's not even winning for Russia. He's not representing them. He's yeah. actually representative of the United States. Isn't that crazy? In the, in the concept? I thought it was I England. Think it might be England in the, in the concept album in the broadway version he's a representative of the united states well yeah because and florence, it's florence is from the united states in yeah she's like the yeah. american and that, that's why the concert that's why the concert is also um it like mixes both of the plots and it's a little weird i think it makes more sense for florence to be american though because like what did the brits have to do with the cold war well i guess it makes it easier for her to be on nobody's side mm-hmm Cause she's like, what, what stakes do I have in this? I just like chess. That's why I think that, that's why I think her being American is a little weird. Yeah, maybe, you know what, maybe I do like her being British. Because it's also, she's not just British, she's Hungarian. Well, yeah, she is Hungarian, she was, she left there when she was two, so, and she even says that she's like, I don't really have ties, I don't remember it. No, but there definitely is still that animosity of like, what did you do to my father? Oh, no, 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 like she has... There's, whereas, there's if baggage. Was, whereas if she was like just English or just American, she wouldn't have as much of a plot in the show as she does. Yes. Um, so there's some variations in the Broadway cast recording from 1988 at the Imperial Theater starring Judy Kuhn, David Carroll, and Philip Kasanoff. So it begins in Budapest. 
with yeah. Gregor Vassy, who's Florence's father, telling her the, the story of chess. Um, Florence is taken away from Hungary, leaving her father to fight the Russians. So I, I kind of like this because it frames the story more as like Florence is the protagonist, which is interesting because it's kind of like a trio. It could be like the two protagonists are actually Florence and Natalie. Like it's, it's a little, I don't know, the London version concept album divides it pretty evenly, but this one kind of seems to focus more on Florence as the main character. Okay. So even the American version doesn't end with the anthem reprise. Um, no, it's just like the concert version. The concert version does. Because like, it goes off. But it makes a lot of sense. It does. If you start and end with Florence's story, because the anthem reprise is Florence's version of when Anatoly is like, what the fuck am I doing with my life? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I feel like if you had taken the prologue from the American version and put it with the anthem reprise, it would connect more things, I think. Mm-hmm. I also like that it it starts with like him talking about the story of chess, which is the story of this mother not understanding why one of her sons has killed the other one, um, and like causing grief but not understanding why. Like she's like you've done this awful thing, and I think that relates to a lot of the characters where they're like, you think I've done something awful, but like you just don't understand it the way that I do. Yeah. Um. So I think that could be woven better and i think they do that in the american version a little bit it also starts in bangkok and not murano which i don't love it stays in bangkok doesn't it yes because it's not no the second act two goes they're in hungary hungary yeah they're in budapest but they don't um it's not a year apart and it's not two different it's no. one chess game the which entire time. i think makes more sense and it's just it's strictly between Anatoly and Freddy, like, we don't have this random Russian, which I think is smarter. Interesting. I, I think that the original plot is better in that sense. Well, because then they, you'll see, I'll... Because in my opinion, it gives Freddy a better redemption. Keep going, keep going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, we also get someone else's story when Freddy leaves Florence after she tells him he has to meet with Anatoly that night to make a deal. I think that song is so good. I don't know why it's missing off of the London record like the the concept album like I, it was there like it was Elaine Page has sung it I don't I, it's just not there I don't I so there's the concept album mm-hmm. and it's, then the original West End cast it's this it's kind of the same thing but I think some uh, I think somebody else's someone else's story is on the the West End original cast not the concept album. This is technically... So this is... I can not quite say. It's the London Symphony Orchestra. Which is the concept album. Yeah, so this is the concept album and it's not on here. So you think it's in the, it's on the West End version? I think so. I'll, I'll I don't know. I, I don't know if that one's like available anywhere. It's not. I, I, could, I could barely find the American version to listen to. The American version is hard to find too. Yeah, that's true. It's on YouTube. You have to like... Yeah, Look it's... For it. yeah. Because the concert with Aiden mm-hmm. Mansell and Josh Groban obviously took so much popularity over any other version, mm-hmm. so that's, like, all you can find. But yeah. Hold on, I will look up and see if it... Uh, um, yeah, so then we also get, obviously, One Night in Bangkok in the first act. 
I just think it's a really good act two opener, so I don't love that it's in the first act instead, but it makes sense if that game is starting in Bangkok. Um, anyway, but yes. so this is just act two. They're just, it's, it's so confusing. Like, they remedied the whole not having this other Russian guy in it, but they added so much complexity with the whole glass thing and him represents, like, being an American player. It's just, like, a lot. That's where I think that that plot kind of fails. Yeah, it, it goes off the rails in Act 2. It, go, it just gets crazy. It's good. It's fine in Act 1. And then it just slowly... Um, Malakov finds Florence in a church and offers her help in finding out what happened to her father. Again, there's like more focus on her and her father in this version, which I do like. And I wish they had weaved into the concept album. She uh, is very much the protagonist of the American version. Yeah, which I think makes sense. Because she is supposed to be an American. So is Freddy. Yeah, no, she's American in this. Yeah, I don't know. Whatever. So, Apparently Florence is from wherever the production is from. That's interesting. Because I think in the Australian version that just came in, I think she's <laughs> supposed to be Australian. Norbuddy's on Norbuddy's <laughs> side. <laughs> I could be... <laughs> Very wrong about that. <laughs> but at least between America and London. Is she... that how she pronounces it in the song? <laughs> I don't know. I was stuck on that anyway. Clear. 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 Nor. <laughs> <laughs> so, again, in this version, Freddy is in the match against Anatoly and is beating him. And Walter Molokov, which sounds like Muppets, um, because <laughs> Walter is a Muppet anyway. Yeah, they team up because the Soviets want a Natalie back, but what can they offer in return? Malakov gives Walter an envelope with uh information about Florence's father, a little trade. In this version, also, Florence and Svetlana actually meet. Uh, Malakov takes Florence to meet a man who she thinks is, is her father. He sings her a Hungarian lullaby, and she's like, Yep, yeah, that's probably him. Uh, That's, I think, like, the weirdest part of the American so to me. It's, it's like, I'm so going to believe this man. Dumb. Like, yeah, that's Hungarian, maybe. Yeah. Uh, and Natalie accepts a KGB offer to return to Russia in exchange for Florence being reunited with her father, which at this point makes no sense because they've already been reunited. Um, he throws the game on purpose, making Freddy the winner. Um, so that's different. Um... Florence bears Anatoly a tearful goodbye at the airport after he leaves. She is told that the man she thought was her father isn't her father at all. Anatoly has been traded for a captured CIA agent. Florence has kind of lost everything, and it sucks. Like, this is even an even sadder version, I feel like. Mm-hmm. Like, she's really, like, even her father, who she had already lost, she loses, like, again. Mm-hmm. Like, just total sucks to for Florence. It'd be nice if at least she had Freddy at the end or something where, like, he's like, I don't like what they did. And they're friends again. So, just, I did mine based off the concert version because mm-hmm. there are more songs and it's uh, separated a little bit mm-hmm. more. And Kay did hers from the... Concept. From the concept album. So, slightly different, maybe, possibly. Eh, so my top five. Okay. And number five, mm-hmm. chess game number one. Okay. That was the instrumental that we had talked about yes. earlier. Um, number four is anthem. Okay. And slash like anthem reprise. Mm-hmm. I feel like I could throw those together because anthem mm-hmm. reprise is like twenty seconds. <laughs> yeah, but it's it it's 
Good. It's amazing. I just couldn't <laughs> give it its own spot because yeah, it's only yeah. 20 seconds. It's 20 seconds. Uh, number three is someone else's story, mm-hmm. the Svetlana version. Mm-hmm. Two is where I want to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, and number one is nobody's side. Very nice list. Um, I felt really cliche putting nobody's side as the top one, but I, I, I don't know. Live your truth. Yeah, but also, <laughs> um, at a very close tie for number five would be One Night in Bangkok, the concept album version. It slaps. It's Murray amazing. Did what he had to do. The music video is also so fun. It really is, but. <laughs> Like, if I was doing it based off of just the concert version, I, yeah. I can't, no. it does You not. can't justify it. No. And, and I would say, like, the Broadway version isn't even that good. It's no. something about Murray Head. Yeah. He it's, just... it's him, and it's the way, <laughs> it's also, like, the orchestration is, like, and this is my <laughs> music nerd brain. No, it's been coming out. Sorry. No, don't apologize. <laughs> we need a music expert, because we, we talk about music a lot, but, like, not in, like, the, the sense of, like, from theory. Quick side note, we uh, had a case in uh, one of my classes the other day, and it was about, like, copyright. Um, and copyright. they were like, are the songs similar or different? And I was like, well, they sound the same, but theoretically, they're extremely different songs. And everyone's like, what did you just say? You're like, oh, this is my moment. All those t- years of music theory are yeah. about to come out. Yeah, but, so, like... I wouldn't remember a damn thing. No, I don't either, but I can analyze music really well. But, so, like, they're very slightly different orchestrations, and the, the Murray Head version just, it slaps... It slaps. Um, so my number five is One Night in Bangkok. Again, that version, though. Yes. Um, four is Pity the Child, the Adam Pascal version, I would say. Interesting. Number one or number two? Number four. I'm going <laughs> from five to one. No, no, no. No, no, no. What do you mean? Pity the Child number one or Pity the Child number two? I don't know. The, be- the, be- the bigger one. It's First been... act or second act? Whichever one's more emotional. I don't remember. I don't remember. His voice, oh, I his think, is amazing. Bo- he belts that one, the I Was Only Her Son. Like, yes. it... And he, like, goes, he riffs, and it's, oh. I have some notes about Ooh. riffs. I don't want to sing. Okay, Because I'm not going to. <laughs> no, I have some notes on, like, things that I would have, like, uh, like an option up on. Yeah. There's Especially a- with Idina's voice. I would have, liked an option up on so- certain... Especially at the, at the end of Anthem reprise, mm. uh, she should have optioned up on that last note to where like the chorus does it. But I think it would have been better if she. Anyways. Yeah, yeah, I, 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 I get what you're saying. Three, someone else's story, Judy Kuhn slash Leah Salonga version. The Leah Salonga version is gorgeous. Maybe that's how Chills. I found this musical. Honestly, it might be. She is extremely talented. We get two different Disney princesses singing it. When you think about it. Yeah. That's dope. I love her. Yeah, she's great. Number two, I have nobody's side. <laughs> yeah. Love it. And number one, of course, I have Anthem because I just think it's so, it is that song. It's the one that got me interested in this musical. So I just kind of, I feel like I have to put it at number one. That makes sense. I feel like it was really hard. Like I put off ranking them for so long. I just did it. So yeah. But like I was sitting at, cause like I did my final today and I was like, all right, after the final, you can just listen to chess for, like, two hours for you go What a case. joy. Yeah. And I was listening, and I was like, oh, I don't... I have a solid <laughs> 13 other songs that I are only, in the running for I only had five. Mountain Duet left. 
That would be number six, I guess. Because I really like Matthew. But to be fair, if it was from the concert album, I think I would have had a lot less options because there are barely even 18 songs on the concept album. Yeah, I went outside the concept album for this list because I had to. Yeah. Um, And so finally, our last little segment here, a little fun one, is our fan casts, kind of, for if there were to be a a movie version, movie adaptation, um, which I hope there is. Quick side note. I... um, I didn't know Josh Groban played the role of Anatoly when mm. I first um, was thinking about this because I'd only <laughs> ever listened to the concept album. And then I you saw it. the concert version, and you were like, "Oh!" So I literally was like, "Josh Groban should play Anatoly. He'd be amazing." Like thinking of like his great comment. <laughs> and then I saw the concert, and I was like, "I don't think I can I can say his name anymore actually because uh, I think that's cheating." Mm. So, yeah. Anyways. Um. So you said you had a someone for Florence. Quick side note, though. Okay. I'm gonna, I don't know why I said that. Again, it's fine. If it was Josh Groban as an athlete, I would want Aaron Tveit as Freddie. I did have Aaron Tveit on my short list slash list for Freddie. Um, but... That, because be of who I put as an athlete, I picked a different Freddie who's oh, more all age appropriate. Of the, yeah, all these would be chemistry reads, like, yes. slash... They're all generally the the same age range, but y- yeah. I also did primarily Broadway stars. I I kind of did too. I only have like with two or three that are more uh, commercial Hollywood. I guess or I don't even know. I have you'll, one that you'll pe- see. I have one that people will know from a TV show, but don't know that he did Broadway. Interesting. Okay, so who who would you? What do you want to... Who do you want to continue? You said you had someone as Florence that you said absolutely. Yeah. Who? Hold on one second. What? I want to make sure I'm saying her name right. Interesting. Or I didn't type it wrong because it's... Scarlett Joe. Ha- I'm kidding. <laughs> absolutely not. I want James Corden. That's because that's not her first Nowhere name. Nowhere near this. I want Billy Porter. Nowhere near this. I want... Who did you say you want nowhere near this? The first I said one? James Corden. Yeah. Oh, then I said yeah. Billy Porter. Um, I spelled her name wrong. That's why. I want Scarlett Johansson nowhere near this. I want... Who else do I want nowhere near this? Hugh Jackman. Hugh Jackman, Neil Patrick Harris. No. You're not invited. Neil Patrick Harris could play the Arbiter. But, no. But, like, not really. No. And I, I don't want to sound homophobic, but you need a heterosexual man to play this role. Yes. <laughs> um, Lindsay Heather Pierce. Who's that? She's the current Alphaba on Broadway, which is funny because then I wrote in parentheses oh. a lot of Elfies in the show because the Svetlana in That's the concert true. version also played Alphaba. Um, I, my computer autocorrected to Leslie Pierce, and that's why I was like, that's not her name. Why did I write that? She was um, on the Glee Project? Yes, she was like the runner-up. I've loved her since then. What? And so, like, I, I want to go see her in Wicked so badly. But, um... I was listening to Florence, and I was like, oh, you need a powerhouse, and I just feel like she would do really well, and she's she's in her 30s, so I feel like it would be a good... Mm, I can definitely see it. I remember her, looking at her face now. Okay. So yeah. That, that's my very strong opinion on who should play mm. Florence. I have two. Mm-hmm. One of them is safe. One of them is a wild card. Uh, so the safe one is Karen Olivo. Okay, that was... Um, one of my options for Svetlana. Yeah, I think she could do either one. I think she has the range. I think she has the... They have very similar 
ranges. They do, <laughs> but also like and emotional ranges too. Yeah, they're very similar but different characters. I think Florence has more naivety. Yeah, naivete. I never pronounce it right. Whatever. Um, my wild card. And I feel like I'm, you're going to be disgusted when I say this, but I like it, actually, is Carly Rae Jepsen. I, I'm going to need the thought process behind it. Um, I like Carly Rae Jepsen. I think she has untapped theatrical potential. She was in the, in the live Grease, Grease Live, if you remember. She was Pinky. One of them. Not memorable enough to for me to know. She which was one be- she the beauty school dropout. Was she? Yes. I'm and not... she killed it. I know everyone only thinks about freaking Aaron Tveit and uh, Vanessa Hudgens when it comes to that. You I know. was I was thinking Julianne Huff. And like her. No, but I liked her in that role. She was so fucking old. I mean, yeah, but they all are there readers at home you can look it up but no now that you say it i remember it yeah and i think she was great and i think she looks hungarian (laughs) i don't know that she has the vocal capacity for it listen to emotion and then get back to me i've listened to her music i don't know that she has the vocal capacity i think it'd be an interesting i think she should at least audition okay um okay on to freddie I have an interesting list. We already said Aaron Tveit, right? Aaron Tveit, absolutely. I'm glad that we agree. I genuinely think that, like, he, Robin and Because Tveit, he's so similar to Adam Pascal. Yes. I think that's it. I, like, could... I Again, I also thought Adam Pascal would be good in it until I was, he's, like... He's too old now. No, I know, but I was... Oh, you were, like, separately, you're like, oh, he'd be great in it, and then you were like, oh. He's already in it. Obviously, someone else thought that, too. The only person <laughs> I didn't think of was, like, Ian Menzel, and that's just because... I kind yeah, I Listen, don't know. she's great. She's better, like, poppy stuff. Yeah, she's great. I just, she, her vowels are so wide, and it <laughs> pisses me what? off. What? Like, I was listening to part of it, and I was like, why does your E sound like that? Yeah, I, I feel that. Um, so who do you have as your Freddies? Jonathan Bailey. I know that name. Ready? He's the older brother from Bridgerton. I didn't watch Bridgerton. Okay, but so that's where I think a lot of people would know him from. He plays, um, like, Anthony in um, Bridgerton. Oh, he's hot. He looks like Orlando Bloom. He is hot. He played Jamie in the last five years in one of the adaptations. Oh, okay. And he's also in a show currently with Taron Egerton um, called Cock. It's about a, a gay couple having sex on stage. Uh, you had me at coffee. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Tyron Egerton and Jonathan Bailey fucking on stage, I'll take it. Nice. <laughs> um, but I feel like the, the Jamie vocals and Freddie vocals are similar, and I think that he has enough charisma to do the role well, but he can also play an asshole yes. and do it. So I think that that would work. I, li- I like that. I do. Okay. Did I you have- he's also attractive, and that would work. Yeah. Freddie's hot. <laughs> Sure. And Natalie is, like, not. He's, like, man hot, you know, where it's, like, it's oh. It's funny. I have I have a, someone that I think most people think is attractive, and I don't necessarily find attractive as an Natalie, but who's mm. your Freddie? I had Leslie Odom Jr., but I think it's I a little bit. I for a different role. Interesting. <laughs> I think I think he belongs in this universe, but not as Freddie. Mm-hmm. Um, I had Jeremy Jordan, 
But I feel like we don't need to give him anything That's, else. I thought he, about it, he and I was like, it. it's too cliche. I, if he was one of my first picks, I was like, I feel like it's just super, like, cliche. This one, I I came to, like, last night, maybe. Um, Skylar Aston. Interesting. He also came up when I was thinking about it. And I, I, like, I like him for it. I, I, I do, too. I do. And I think he deserves the career that um, Ben Platt has. <laughs> More so than Ben Platt deserves yes. it. Because he's not a nepotism baby that I know of. Um, yeah. Anyway, who do you have as your Natalie's? Derek Klenna. Oh, I feel like he's young, but he's not. No, he's the same age as everyone else that I have yeah, so Yeah, I know. Hmm. Can you do Russian? My thing is, like, can they be Russian? Oh, fucking... He's an Anastasia. I'm so dumb. Can he do Russian? What is he known for? But, like... He was an Anastasia, a famously Russian... But also... The only person who has a Russian accent in the concert version is Malakoff. And he's really Russian, you know? Yeah. He's having vodka and nuts. That was so offensive. I am Russian. I'm so sorry to my ancestors. I'm, I don't think I am, so I'm gonna refrain from offending anyone. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> You're welcome. Did you have any other um, Natalie's? Probably in my head, but um, I think I, as like a throwaway person, oh my god, I'm blanking on the name. Tell me who yours were and I'll come up with it. Um, So I have Josh Groban. Yeah. I think he could still do it. I absolutely think he could. Just like make him like shave the beard a little bit and trim the hair. I think because he can play straight. Jonathan Groff could do it. It would be a push, but I think he could do it. Yes. Like, I know it's safer for him to do something like Freddie, but I think it could be a breakthrough. In a movie? Yes. On stage? No. In a movie? That's what I'm saying. They give him a mustache? I think, yeah. <laughs> he needs the mustache. If, if he did it on a, in a movie, absolutely he could do it. But it, I think if it was on stage, he wouldn't. Well, we're talking about yes. Movie, so I just it, it's me. Yeah. <laughs> and so my last one is Ramin Karamlu because he played. That's who it was. Yeah. I mean that's a, that's a pretty also like safe obvious one because he played him also at the Kennedy Center in DC. Um, I'm, like, did, I, I'm like I knew someone who already played him. I just couldn't remember. He name. did such a good job. He can do any role, honestly, though. He, like, kind of has that leading man, strong man mm-hmm. quality to both his voice and his presence. Like, he was the Phantom. He was also, goddamn, Anastasia. Uh, it's really funny, because when I was looking at this, I was trying to find people that, like, weren't leading characters. And I was like... You like, kind of need it. I was looking for someone who kind of was, like, up and coming for a Natalie. And I just couldn't find anyone that I really loved for it. Yeah. I think it needs to be someone who's more established. I think you maybe Freddie and Florence can be, like, the more newcomer roles. You know who, who could, I think, possibly pull off a Natalie, and it's a, it's a very out there? Ryan McCartan. Why do I... Oh, no. Okay. He played JD in Heathers, and he was on Liv and Maddie from Disney. Oh. He was also the Kristoff and Frozen before it closed. Mmm... He's too pretty. Yes. So is Derek Klenna, though. Yeah, but no, like, he's, like, pretty boy. Like, Derek Klenna, there's something else there. I know he's pretty boy, but if you, like, 
if you see his scenes from Heather's, like, they they do move pretty well with, like, the angry. Mm. And I'm not saying it would be, like, the best bet, but again, a movie adaptation, I think, possibly. You know what the Freddy thing is? It really is, like, the Fiero to Freddy pipeline, I think. Yeah. I think if you've been Fiero, you can be Freddy. I think if you've been the Phantom, you can be a Natalie. I feel like that's a fair... Slash Pierre. Side note about uh, Wicked. Uh, there's a song in the in the concert version called... Um... Something Bad Happening in Oz, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's weird, but no. okay. Him <laughs> uh, to Chess is basically the dear old shiz. <laughs> it's true. It's a very similar chord structure as well. They love having those in concert versions. I don't fucking know why. There's a hyperfixation on them. It's like... It's weird. It's like, let's sing this, like, 10-second weird <laughs> biblical, like, gospel song. It's weird, yeah. To either a school I or think I skipped it last time I watched the concert version because I was like, what the fuck is this? Yeah. Um, so for... I only have one person for Molokov, and I have him as an older man. Me too. <laughs> I have Mandy Patinkin. I have Brian Stokes Mitchell, but Mandy Patinkin was on the radar. I think Mandy would love it. Mandy, you know, we're on our first date basis. I'm still so upset that he never got to... We don't talk about it. We simply do not discuss it. Because I saw Oak in it. And so when I found out that Mandy wasn't coming because of yeah, Oak, I was a like, situation. It's neither of their fault. But no, but I, I, if it if it reprises, I I really need um, I need Mandy to do it. You need dear old Mandy. I need Mandy to do it. Yeah, I um, love his TikToks. They're great. He's such a sweetie. Yeah. Um, for the Arbiter, I have, I have two interesting choices. I have Patrick Page. Very interesting choice, considering the vocal range of the Arbiter. <laughs> I think he could take it down. I think it'd be interesting, because he is that kind of no-bullshit no, no guy. So I feel like having him as a very grounded, low register, it'd be interesting. I took a very different approach to the, the Arbiter. But also, the other him. one that I have is Tommy Korberg, the original Anatoly from the concept album. I think it'd be very interesting to loop him in, since he originated such an iconic role. I said Christian Borle. He's too funny for me. You know, he's so comedic to me. I don't know why. And I, I would agree, and that's why I said I took a different perspective, because the Arbiter, as much as he's like, take no shit, he also has like, his songs are very upbeat and charismatic, and I think that it, it could translate well, possibly. Yeah, I guess maybe we should have like a few light characters, but I don't know if it should be the Arbiter or that, or they should just change the Arbiter's role as like. That's what I'm t- I think in the movie you more could fun make guy. him more lighthearted. Yeah, and then Christian would be a good choice. Yes, and that's I think why I picked him for that role because. But then also my choice for Svetlana kind of would mean that neither of them would be able. To, only one of them would be able to do it. Interesting. Okay. Oh, yeah, we should do, like, a final cast. Like, okay, pick one of each. Um, so, Svetlana, I had maybe Adina Menzel. I'm saying no, though. Or Sierra Bajas, because I think she's wonderful. She was on my radar. I had Laura Bell Bundy. Not the trigger ready traumatic um, <laughs> <laughs> notions for you. Um, you did. <laughs> but that's also why you could only have... Either Christian. 
or Laura do it, because, you know, um, <laughs> just to, just anyway, that. but I, I do think her vocal range would fit well, and it would work well. Mm-hmm. Did you cast Walter? No, because I like to pretend he doesn't exist. That's who I put Leslie Odom Jr. for. Mm. If he did exist, <laughs> I, I do like Leslie for that. Because I feel like it's a good place for him to kind of fit in. Yeah, because he's like kind of charismatic, and and Leslie's very charismatic, but um, also like a tad bit manipulative. Yeah, like, yeah, it's essentially Burr. Yeah, but that's the thing. <laughs> more modern version. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, hmm. Let's see. If. Okay, so if Freddie, if my Freddie is Skyler, I want. Karen Olivo as Florence, and I want either Josh or Ramin as Anatoly. Mandy still as Molokov. Well, I think Mo- uh, Mandy and Josh would be actually great together. So I'm gonna go with Josh. Yeah. Um, I mean, he'd also get along great with Ramin, but that's neither here nor there. I want Tommy Korberg as the arbiter. Svetlana. I feel like there's still someone else out there. Who I feel I'm... like she could be like an up-and-comer who we don't really know yet. Yes. Oh my... I don't know if she's too powerhouse for it. Renee Rapp, if she was older. Yeah, she's too young for like it if right she, now. Like if she fit into the, the demographic. Yeah. Um, huh. I'm, I'm also just thinking about like singers in general who could maybe do more drama. Oh, Lady Gaga. I'm kidding. But also... No, I am. Um, trying to think, like, who else is trying to do, that, like... That could work, I not really. I think she would overshadow the rest of the cast. I don't think she should be in it. If she was Florence, but I don't think she would do no, well No, she's not. She... I don't think she can be Florence after A Star is Born. No. Um, there's definitely someone who I'm going to think of after this, and I'm going to be like, that would have been perfect. Yeah. Who did you say for Florence? I said Karen Olivo. I still I like, like Carly Rae, but I think Karen. I feel like Karen Oliva would be a really good Svetlana. So maybe I could like have if, her if and Svetlana put, and Carly Rae. Okay, but if you put Lindsay Heather Pierce as Florence and you yeah, put either Karen one of those, yeah. as um, Svetlana. Svetlana, I think that would work really well. I think also their voices would go to well together. Yes. Okay. All right. We've locked it down. Hollywood, you know who to call when you need to cast this bad boy. It's us. Me, Kay. And Mackenzie. You yeah. more so. What? Nor. Nor. I'll, I'll, I'll conduct. That's what I'll do. I'll do the score. Ooh. Okay. Anyway, uh, I'm so glad you joined me for this. This was such a fun time. I love talking about chess. I hope everyone gets super into chess. The musical, not the game. I don't... Both. Give get, less of a get shit. Get into both. Okay, fine. Although get into both. Queen's Gambit did enough of the oh. chess. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, Queen's Gambit only got me so much into chess. I was already into it because of the musical. Um... I think chess people, hey, you want to sell more chess boards? Queen's Gambit's not so big anymore. Chess the Musical. Chess the Musical the movie. Um, so thank you for joining me. Shout out your socials slash your podcast. Oh, um, the, oh my god. The socials? Like my personal socials? If you want to. I don't even know what my username is. It's some variation of Kenzie, Kenzie May. Kenzie something, yeah. Yeah, it's some variation of Kenzie May. It's Kenzie.may.underscore. And then 
uh, my podcast is tteroandtitties underscore pod. Um, I will link them both in the description if yeah. you want to check her stuff out. I also have, I have a new podcast coming soon, but <gasps> there's not a lot of details on it. Yet, oh, so I, don't okay. wanna, I don't have a title yet. So. Untitled. Um, I could help you think of some. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, this has been fun. Do you know my sign-off? We don't have to do the sign-off. I don't think I know it. Should we sing? No. But you know what I want to say to the to the besties? Oh, address them. Besties, oh. if you if you liked any part of this, please let us know so that Kay and I can do this again, but about the Great Comet of 1812. Oh, I'm, I'm already planning us doing a, a Great Comet episode, honestly, Good. because that's an even more complicated plot. More characters, more Russia. <laughs> yeah. Oh, also, just a, a musical recommendation, uh, like another convoluted plot, is The Mystery of Edwin Drood. That's a thing? Just because I, I, Kate didn't know about it, and I think that it's great, and everyone should listen to it. It's really old, and it's never popular, but it's like a, it's like Clue. It's like choose your own ending. Clue's fun. Yeah. Um, thank you all for listening. I've been Kay. This is Mackenzie. Oh, current. Mackenzie. Um and go mountain do it. Am I right? Yeah. Apparently. Alright. Bye guys. Bye. <laughs>